0: This is Kevin Couchman, podcast, Get This. It's the show about things people love, and I'm coming to you on March 11th in the Failure year of our Lord, 2020, from the Corona Bunker, the, the corroded, <laughs> Corona Studio here in Washington Heights, upstate Manhattan, and I'm joined today by Jeffrey Daza. Jeffrey, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Kevin. Good to be here.
0: All right, and where, where are you located right now? Where are you coming from?
1: I live in Astoria, Queens. Oh, yeah? Yeah, You're- so I... Mm-hmm. I actually grew up in Washington Heights uh, my whole life, but I moved here about three years ago with my wife.
0: All right. I like the story. A lot of great food, Greek food.
1: A lot of food here. You know, we can get caught in a trap here, just always eating out. But, you know, we try to maintain a healthy diet, well-balanced diet here at home.
0: That's a that's a great place to start. But let's begin with the, the subject, right? So this is the show about things people love. What is it you want to talk about here today on the show?
1: Well, I'm, I'm here to talk about... High performed. I'm here to talk about, you know, people just living their best life and people just mastering their habits, you know, becoming superhuman. I I, I want I don't want people to be human anymore. I want them to be superhuman.
0: Well, that's happening. <laughs>
1: <savvy. laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like to I like to I like that contrarian view of of life of viewing life. I, I, I feel like you shouldn't take things at face value and you should always, you know, ask, ask why. Why am I not performing at a level that I don't want to perform at or why am i feeling a certain way so that's what i really teach people
0: yeah so you do coaching is this yeah. yeah
1: okay i coach i coach people i coach entrepreneurs and leaders i help them with their performance with with mastering their habits and and their energy and momentum and bringing that all together so that they can you know feel their best
0: that's uh, yeah that's important work i wonder how you, how you got started doing this yeah um,
1: um yeah so I've been doing this for about three years now. Um, how I got started was uh, I'll, I'll make a long story short. I'll just give you a little bit of my background. But I'm um, growing up. I grew up in a my parents were immigrants from Mexico. Um, family of seven, and they they lived a they lived a pretty rough life in terms of um, how they got to America, in terms of how their work ethic is, <coughs> and, their, and 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 their their just their struggle in general.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I, I saw them work hard. I saw how hard they worked to provide for our family. And as a kid, you know, I, I've had this story in my mind. I, I had this subconscious blueprint where I needed to prove to them that their their hard work was worth it. And I'm going to live this American dream and I'm quote unquote American dream and be successful. So growing up, uh, you know, I checked all the boxes, got good grades. I got into corporate America, you know, made good money, you know, checked off those boxes. But I realized that it was unsustainable. You know, I was working really hard. I was working long hours, um, and it really affected my life in general. It affected my relationship with my wife, mm. it affected my relationship with my with my family, and most important, my relationship with myself. Mm. And because of I was working so hard, stressing out, burning out, you know, I just I, I took it out on my wife. I took it out on my wife, and and we would argue. Uh, we would uh, the, the dog. We have a dog. He would just hide behind the couch because we were always arguing. And it got to a point where we were about to get divorced. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and at that point, I knew that I needed to change. I knew that something needed to change. It just didn't feel right anymore. Mm. So I, I really I, that put me on a journey to really find my purpose and understand why I was doing things, why I was acting the way I was. And it really was because of my story, the story that I had implanted in myself as a child, my subconscious blueprint. Um, So that right there. I was at, at that point, I was around three years ago, I was around 205 pounds, uh, I ended up losing over 40 pounds, um, building what? good.
0: What, yeah. do you, what do you mean, lost? you lost 40 pounds?
1: I lost over 40 pounds, yeah, over the course of a year. And actually, in two months, I lost 25 pounds, which was pretty insane, yeah. yeah that's, a
0: little, that's a little quick. <laughs> it's quick, it's quick. Well, how did you do it?
1: How did I do it? Um, I changed my story. Uh, and I, the way I like to teach my clients is, um, one of the things that I teach my clients, I teach them about the, the six pillars of high performance. You got to master these six areas in order to really perform at a high level and to have that energy and momentum and just really feel good all the time. And one of the, the first pillar that you really have to master is mindset. You know, you really have to change your story. And what I did was, uh, I decided that I was going to, and I call this my player one theory, That I'm going to be a character in this game and I'm going to decide and dictate how this character does things in life. How does it wake up? How does it move? How does it act? How does it perform? And when I really changed that story and I decided that I'm going to be, I'm not going to be Jeff. I'm going to be super Jeff. I'm going to be a character that does whatever he wants. That changed everything for me.
0: Did you uh, read a book or, you know, meet some guru who kind of... uh...
1: Yeah. 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 One of, one of, um, one of the books that our one of the gurus that you mentioned there is, um, Dave Asprey. He's he's someone that really talks about biohacking in terms of, um, making sure that you, you, you do things for your body, your mind, your, your, your environment that's going to help you perform at a higher level. Mm. And I, I really listened to his, um, his podcast while I was going for runs night and day. Um, some of, some of the methods that I did when I first started were a, a little bit extreme, I would say this, uh, the simpler terms in terms of like intermittent fasting, I was, uh, I was not eating for 16 hours and only eating for eight hours. Mm. Um, it's very common nowadays. Um, but at first when I wouldn't recommend people just jump right into it, but, because well,
0: um, well, what's the trick there, I guess you can do it different ways, but, it, but the idea is, you know, you sleep eight to 10 hours and you don't eat first thing, right? You drink a yeah. big glass of water.
1: And you, you skip breakfast. That's, that's the number one thing I would say. You skip breakfast. Um, I'm a big believer of not eating breakfast because I don't think, I feel like uh, it's just a, another marketing tool that, that, that advertisers like to use on you. You, know, you need breakfast to have a great day, rest of the day. You know, I was a kid and I was uh, getting fed frosted flakes by my mother. Oh, please. We were having <laughs> so, this
0: conversation earlier. My, yeah. my fiance and her parents, we were having a chat about uh, the, the type of diet that goes on in the Dakotas where I'm originally from. Yeah. It was it, at times it was pretty nasty. We didn't know they didn't, they didn't really didn't know any better. We knew oh, you know, fast food, junk food, but we didn't even realize like, yeah, just the nature of the diet was pretty, pretty tremendously bad.
1: Yeah. 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 I was, I was eating frosted flakes for, for breakfast and I was like taking naps for first period. <laughs>
0: and, I, I recall this. I, I remember this well. And then they would feed us milk at the beginning yes. of the day too, which, it Clearly, doesn't have anything to do with nutrition. That has to do with you know the farm lobby or whatever it is, and this whole nonsense scheme. It all it all kind of starts there, doesn't it?
1: Milk, the juice, the chips, the, the, uh, the whole the vending machine. Yeah, and like I, I was talking to my wife about it too, like we because I just I, I just had a daughter three months ago. Oh,
0: congratulations!
1: And, and, thank you. Thank What's you. her name? Her name is Haley. Haley Ray.
0: Oh, I like that name, Haley
1: Ray. Yeah, she's all such right. a ha- such a happy baby, and, and it's it's great to see her growth and just to. Help her live life and get those experiences like I don't ever want to teach her how to do things I just want her to just experience it and just get a feel of things and yeah,
0: the, yeah, but you also don't want to shove uh, frosted flakes down her down her face at seven in the morning
1: it, Exactly. Yeah, that's something that I'm going to avoid. Hopefully. I mean we have our environmental influences which is another pillar of, of high performance that I could talk to you about but yeah. I, um, she's great and, and we want to give her a well-balanced diet. I know you can't fish, you can't avoid, you know, the junk foods cause she's going to have friends, she's going to yeah, have you know, parties and uh, yeah. it's, it's just part of life. It's just being able to maintain it, right?
0: Well, you know, this isn't about being a snob either, right? You, you just have to know that what passes for a meal and what is a snack and a lot <laughs> of what gets fed to people and a lot of like fast food and even fast casual, it's carnival food. It's, it's a snack. And yeah. you get it in your mind that, that, uh, uh you're going to be served a, pr- a meal at McDonald's or you're, of course not. Everyone knows that, but then it extends even deeper and deeper and deeper and that you got to make, you got to make a lot you know, more of your meals at home than not for sure. Yeah. And New Yorkers, yeah. it's tough. Uh, but yeah, I can tell you, know you ha- some thoughts.
1: You know what happens? It becomes a habit loop and this mm. is what people get stuck with. And this is what I teach people is that there's three steps to creating a habit. There's a trigger, there's a behavior and there's a reward. See cookie, eat cookie, feel good. It's, that's the three-step process that most people go through. What people forget about is the fourth step, and the fourth step is actually bringing awareness to the long-term result of what you're doing. Mm. So, eat cookie, see cookie, feel good short-term, but after about four or five, six cookies, when you get to the long-term, you don't feel so good anymore. So you stop that happening. But if you were to if you were to think about that fourth step, and what I like to teach people is try to snap out of it. So, see cookie, eat cookie, feel good, snap out of it, see what that Long-term effect is and over time you start to build new neurons in your brain that stop that habit loop So that right there is, is one thing that people don't realize like they get stuck in this habit loop of, of, of The first three steps and they never incorporate that fourth step So once you start doing that you start to see you start to see different outcomes in, in your habits and, and what you're doing And start to change your story a little bit
0: I appreciate this we're uh, getting ready to move from Manhattan to, to St. Paul, Minnesota, where we have family and we're, we're really excited about it. It's been a great time here. Uh, we both have similar story. We both came from the Midwest, uh, about seven years ago. Um, you know, met out here and it, just the fact that we're going to move into this building that has a full gym and a pool in the building is going to be, at least for me, to my mind, that is a chance. And I just, I know four months from now that I I might blow it, you know? But, like, I I, I don't have – I can't have excuses. Like, I do like to go to the gym. I I do this thing called strong lifts. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you've heard of that, strong lifts. Mm -hmm. That's been transformative. But this past six months, this past eight months – Kind of let it slip. Kind of just didn't want to go to the gym and just. It's a 15 minute walk from here. I have no excuse, but I, you know, now we're all kind of. I mean, you know, I'm trying to mitigate um, exposure, just for you know, just to see how it shakes out right now because of this Corona business. But yeah, yeah, no. So I'm interested in hearing your
1: completely understand that. And, And one of the things that we do as a society is. It's uh, we we don't jump into these habits that we want, even though we know that, you know, this this might make us feel good or this might, you know, it might be good for us because we view it as it being such a large project. Yeah. Like if you were to tell a marathon runner, you know, go run 26 miles. The first thing he would say he or she would say is like, that's a lot of miles. Right. But if you think about it, how do how do marathon runners start running? They start with one step first then the second step then the third step and then momentum takes over. So I would say to people is start simple. You know, don't don't try to go to the gym for an hour two hours a day because that's gonna be taxing on your body mm. You can start with something as simple as 10 minutes a day 20 minutes a day Just get some movement
0: when you get into the habit of going then you're money because exactly Yeah, you can finally reach a, a point where you go and 90 minutes doesn't Doesn't hit you too hard. Doesn't hit you the same way. Yeah. as when you're starting. You're- yeah
1: Micro solutions and and that's that's really what the brain wants. The brain wants simplicity. It wants it wants It wants an easy choice and once you give it an easy choice, like if I want to work out I'm just gonna put on my sneakers and then that's it like you don't do anything else because once you do that You already told your brain. Okay, I can do that first step Then I can take a step out the door Then I can take a step out the street and that's that's like the hardest part like just starting But when you start simple, it gives your brain this hit of dopamine this feel good feel good um, neurotransmitters so that right there is what Uh, works.
0: I'm a a writer and a playwright and you know, when you tell people, hey, I'm a writer and I've had some things done and you know, a few things published and uh, they, you know, they tend to open up to you if they themselves are writing or doing any art or whatnot. And more often than not, when somebody's stuck, it, it feels to me like they're, they're trying to do something too big straight away. The, the, the classic example is the, the would-be novelist who's never finished a short story. And, and had, a, had a short story published. My, my advice in those cases is almost universally, finish a short story, work to get it published, get the reward going, right? So you feel good about that accomplishment and then create this positive feedback loop. That's not to say someone, you know, I'm sure there, there are probably novels out there right now that are sitting in somebody's drawer that are great, but it's one thing to build a career as a writer and, and there are sort of these paths to do it. I, you know, I think there's something to be said for finishing things, accomplish it, finish it and move, move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah. It's one of the reasons why. And, and you probably could attest to this because you're a playwright, that why people love seeing their favorite movie all the time because they know the outcome to it. Oh, yeah. So that's why, you know, if, if you know the outcome to something, if you finish it, then you're going to feel good about it and you're going to want to do it again. If you don't know the outcome to it, then it's going to be hard to continue because you ne- never see the ending. So that's something, too, like when, when I when I when I ask my clients to create this this new identity to create this new story, they become the director of their own story now. So they they know the outcome because they're writing the book or they're are you, writing their story.
0: Are you having people actually do, you know, writing, write out plans and, you know, how does it's, that work?
1: It's it's not writing um, like writing out plans It's more about I give them a template and I ask them to fill in these questions and I fill in the dots. And then from there, they start to better understand who they want to become. Because it's, it's their story that they're telling themselves like, okay, I can't do this or I can't go to the gym or I can't eat right or my environment is stressing me out. That story is what's keeping them feeling stuck where they are. But once you start to give them a new path or create this new window, they start to see things a little bit differently. They start to see that, okay, it's kind of like um, I, I make them a character in their own game, this game of life. And it's kind of like a, a kid playing a video game, right? So if, if you notice, these kids are really addicted to these video games. They, they just can't stop playing them. But And I, I took notice of what these, um, these gaming companies are doing and really what they're doing is they're making the kid believe that they're the character, essentially the character for an hour or two. So if the kid, you could tell me that I can fly anywhere I want, I can drive any car I want for an hour, like I'm going to want that life. So if you do the same thing as an adult and you tell the adult that you can be this type of person today, it creates, it, it makes it fun for them to want to accomplish their goals, to want to perform higher, to master their habits and that's really what the body wants. The body wants to, to feel alive.
0: We tend to view these things that are good for us as chores, I think. At least I do. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. It's interesting. So you mentioned your family's from Mexico. Uh, where, in, where in Mexico did they come from?
1: Yeah. So my dad, he grew up in a city called Oaxaca. And my mom grew up in a small town called Piaxa. It's about four hours from the capital. And uh, they grew up there till, till they were about in their 20s, you know, mid-20s. And they ended up coming to the states. Uh, and when they came to the states, they had my my three sisters and, and my brother and I. So that's how that's how we got over here. But you know, they they definitely struggled through that whole transition. You know, it wasn't it wasn't easy at the time. It's nineteen eighties, late seventies, I believe.
0: I wonder what those stories are like. I'm sure those are intense. You probably have some family stories.
1: Yeah, yeah. My my dad, you know, he you know, growing up, he was a he was a workaholic. You know, mm-hmm. he is a workaholic and. He went to school, he, at the age of like 13, 14, he went to school all day for about eight hours. He traveled like two hours to go to another city to, to work and clean floors for like another five, six hours, get home for another two hours, and then sleep for three hours and go back to school again. So it was rough on him. And he had a pretty rough childhood. Um, and my mother too, she, she was working since she was five years old.
0: Yeah.
1: And she was five, six, cleaning houses, probably yeah. for about like $5 a day, maybe less yeah um so they they're hard workers and and i I commend them for it and i'm thankful for them that they gave us this opportunity to come to the states although it did it did influence how i behaved as a child as a teenager as an adult and once i really you know had to snap out of it or else i would have i probably would have lost my wife i would have lost my house would have lost my dog uh i probably would have lost myself too you know at that point when i was at my lowest you know, I was having dreams of like driving my car over a bridge. Jesus. Yeah, I was, uh, I was in this, in the state of mind where I was really depressed and I, I didn't, I didn't know what the next step was, but I knew that I had to change my story and that's where it started.
0: What did that first day look like when you, you found bottom and you realized, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta crack out of this. What did you do?
1: Yeah, I can tell you. Actually, I I remember it vividly. So I was in my car. um, I had just gotten into an argument with my wife. I don't remember what, but we argued about something and I got in my car and she called me and she said, Jeff, you know, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep living this way. You know, we we have to get a divorce. Mm. So that moment I knew like something like that gut feeling, like you just like you walk into a dark alley, you get that gut feeling that something's not right.
0: Mm.
1: And the night, the next night I woke up. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said to myself, I need to make a change. And the first thing that I saw was my, my body. I saw my weight and I was 205 pounds, big beer belly. Um, and I just didn't feel right. And I said, you know, I'm going to start with changing the way I feel I changing the way I look. So I didn't want to really focus on, you know, being being better to my wife or being better to my family or, or at work. I really wanted to focus on myself first because you need to help yourself first before you can help other people. You know, the, the, you always hear that that the airlines say that if the the, if the plane is going down, then make sure you put your oxygen mask on first before you help someone else. So that right there is like you need to help yourself first before you can help others, you know?
0: Yeah, it sounds like you were living, you are probably having a lot of toxicity in your life and you, you weren't taking care of yourself. How I, 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 how tall are you? I'm six I, feet. You're six feet, okay, yeah. all right. Now, man, I gotta lose some weight. <laughs> <laughs> I really gotta lose some weight, man. Yeah, I'm talking Why do about you feel that. that way? I'm talking about that beer belly over here too. You know, we gotta, we gotta figure that out. some important. So I, I'm, gonna, so I'm that, gonna, yeah,
1: yeah. I can definitely help you. I'll give you some tips on that too. But when I first started, I felt that I felt the same way. Like I needed to lose some weight, but it really wasn't the weight that I really wanted to lose. It was the way I felt. Mm. It's, it's just the way that I, I showed up, the energy that I had because I was waking up, you know, hitting snooze and, and skipping the gym and, you know, mm. eating the Frosted Flakes for breakfast. <laughs> oh, you know, I was I was I was doing all of that and I just wanted to change the way I feel. I wanted to have energy. And and once I changed that story and I changed my habits and I actually started to really focus on, you know, um, how I how I showed up for myself, you know, everything changed for me. And then I was able to really discover how all of this works and how to put it all together is really simple. And I started, I started out with one client. And then that became a few referrals. And then we just started started getting so many more clients.
0: What year was that? That was three years ago. That was three years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm – and you know, we've got plenty more time on this episode that you know, I want to eke this out. And uh, just to say it again, this is the Get This Podcast. You can find it at getthispodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. I'm Kevin Kautzman. I'm on Twitter. If you go to getthispodcast.com, the links and everything are there. Um, yeah, so uh, what I want to talk about – Jeff is, I guess we're still at the be- very beginning of act one of that story. So mm-hmm. you make this decision and it, there must've been months and months of, of struggle. I mean, you, you know, I, I, I'm really wondering, I think, and I'm sure, you know, people are listening you know, they're going to want to know what, what the hell did you do? You know, in step two.
1: Yeah. So step one was, um, look in the mirror and see what I wanted to change. And at that time for me, it was the way I looked, the way I felt, so after that, I would say step two would be um, just move, just move. And that doesn't mean, you know, go to the gym for an hour or, you know, start, you know, lift heavy weights. It was just move your body. Don't sit on the couch. Like I would get, get home from work and, and like get the bag of Doritos and sit on the couch and watch Netflix for about four hours and go back to sleep. I, I had to stop that, that that habit loop. I had to actually get my body up and moving like our, our body's filled with chemicals and we want to just shake it up like a soda can so that we can just get all the, all the stuff moving. So I would say step two was get moving, get moving somewhere, whether it's you either walk outside or you, you take a jog, a five minute jog, five minute jumping jacks at home, like something so simple just to start because it's what is the momentum is what keeps you going. It's it's once you actually start going and you actually start doing something simple, that's, what's going to keep you going long term.
0: How did you, know how to do that though. I mean, what was it, was it your instinct? You just had this instinct Did you have an the, example.
1: So for me, it was, um, I, I mean, I, I used, I'm an athletic guy. So I used to work out when I was in, in college, I'm 30 now. So that was about what, 10 years ago. So I, I know more about the routines and, and what would get me to that shape. So what, what I would say to someone is, think about a time where you actually felt really good and you felt like you had good momentum. You felt good in your clothes or you felt good in your body. And what were the habits you were doing at that time? Like what's something that you can really pinpoint on? Okay. I was doing this every single day. I was drinking this amount of water every single day. I was doing this amount of um, exercise every single day or, or three times a week. So when you, that's, that's, that's what I mean about changing your story and, and understanding, you know, you know, the habits that you're doing now is part of this story. But if you go back to that other story, or you build a new story, you become the new character. Then you're going to start to see a little bit of change.
0: Were you working with someone on this, or solving it on your own? Doing so when, it, I, f- reading? Yeah.
1: when I when I first started, it was on my own. Um, I would I would read, uh, I would listen to podcasts. I would listen to Dave Asprey podcast, Tom Bill of you. and they would just talk about. Uh, it was more motivation, you know, just to keep me going. And when I was going on my runs they would motivate me and saying that, you know, this is, um, it's all mindset, like fear, like fear is false evidence appearing real. And that would help me change my story. And that was, that would happen day after day. I read a lot of books. Um, I started reading more books on personal development. I, I read um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. I've read um, uh, Dave Asprey's Headstrong, which helped me out later along, along the lines on the nutrition part, um, the environmental part that affects your, 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 your performance. Um, I started reading a lot of books at uh, three years ago, I think I read like 20 something books and, and that really helped me, you know, get my brain going, you know, get my, get the, the juices flowing. But I did get help and, and I got help, um, somewhere like midway, um, uh, between, between my first year. So three years ago, 2017, between 2017, and 2018, I hired a coach too. This was more of a personal coach. And he really helped me. He he introduced me to a book called The Power of Now. Have you heard of that book? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, he helped me really understand that the present moment that we have now is really the only moment you'll ever have. Like we don't have yesterday. We don't have. To, we don't know about tomorrow. Today, like this moment here, is when you really understand this concept. You really understand that what you do now is what's going to help you for five minutes from now. So if I if I if I take one step now and then the next step hasn't come yet but that first step is what's going to help that next step come so really understanding this concept helped me stop stressing over my future that hasn't happened or my past that I couldn't change and it really helped me get energized and stop you know draining my energy on this stuff that really doesn't matter
0: isn't it wonderful wonderful we can find a book that has that kind of impact on your yeah. life
1: Yeah, the power of now, I would say uh, it was life changing for me. And it might when I first started reading it, I was like, you know, this is this this is just not for me. This doesn't make sense. But once I really started to apply those concepts and like I just it's like I felt like the universe giving me signs all the time and and telling me like, okay, this is how you should be feeling, how people should be feeling, because I know how it feels to to live that, you know, that corporate life, you know, fast rat race lifestyle. And I know how I feel now in terms of, you know, I, I don't let my future or past affect me at all. I, I, I let my present moment affect me only, you
0: know? Interesting. Power of now. I'm trying Power to now. recall. Yeah. And you can Go also
1: on. listen to an audio on that on, on YouTube. I think mm-hmm. uh, Eckhart totally put like an hour long audio on a uh, overview of how the, the the book works, but I would definitely recommend the book um, just because you you get to paint different pictures based off what he says, but you can listen to it too online on YouTube.
0: He's an interesting cat. I, I, Recall having heard him speak, and yeah, I may I may seek him out as I, uh, you know, take my adventure to weight loss. <laughs> this is actually good timing because this is something that I've been putting off and putting off, and it's uh it's definitely time to to realize. I mean, I have this old image of uh, of myself in my head, and I look at pictures of myself from maybe five seven years ago before. Before I moved to New York and got the corporate job and did that for a number of years, a lot of stress, a lot of uh, deli omelets in the morning, takeout for lunch, uh, drinks with colleagues after work, and then takeout for dinner at home. That life for a number of years, even if it's even if it's sporadic and you're not going to the office five days a week or whatnot, I mean that starts to stack. And then you combine that with a with a habit of going to a bar uh, and all the rest and Good night. That 180-pound that guy is, is gone. There was one moment I had where I, I was in an Airbnb in, in London. This is a few years ago. And we, we had rented this Airbnb with floor-to-ceiling um, mirrors in front of the bed. Not, not for any anything ridiculous, but because it was like a, like a wardrobe that had these mirrors on it. It made the room look bigger, but it also forced me to look at myself in the morning. First thing when I got out of bed, and I said, "What? When did this happen?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, Strong lifts has been really helpful. My buddy, uh, friend of the show, Brad Kelly, who is getting married soon in Detroit, uh, he was also really helpful and encouraging. But man, that the 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 consistency that's required to really make it work is yeah. is just a it's a bear because it's not. The one thing isn't enough. It's not enough to go to the gym and lift heavy weights and maybe do a little smattering of cardio. You have to combine it with diet and mindset and all these other things. And I know this, but it's just nice to to have you know to hear it. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about this stuff.
1: I mean, I, I say I say the universe makes no mistakes, so I, I think this is perfect timing for both of us. And I, I think, I'm happy to help you out with that with setting up some systems for that as well. But I would say, though, is uh, don't try to do all of it at once. I think that's where people get confused or people uh, end up getting stuck. When they try to go to the gym, they try to fix their diet, they mm-hmm. try to build new routine, they try to eliminate their old routines all at once. It's, it's just it's too much for your body, it's too much for your brain. I would say start small, start simple. Start with, start with one thing, maybe eliminating something or adding something, adding more, a cup of water a day, um, getting better rest. Like Recovery is one of the six pillars of high performance that I teach, and I tell people that you ne- if you don't get good sleep, that's like the fundamental thing you need to do that because that starts that that's the way you wake up is the way you start your day. And it's, it's going to end up impacting all your decisions throughout the day.
0: You're, so a, if you don't, you're a hand talker. So watch out for banging the mic.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs> that's all
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so
1: getting good sleep, rest and recovery, I would say, is super important to in terms of waking up with energy, waking up with making great decisions. And and also one thing I would say is, um. Try to habit stack, and we do this. We do this often anyway. Like for example, you use the restroom, you wash your hands. That's called a habit stack, right? So you could, another habit stack could be like you wake up and you brush your teeth and you drink water. You start stacking those two things together. So once you start doing that, you start building that habit. It's it's easier to continue because you know after you brush your teeth, you're gonna drink a, bl- uh, a glass of water. So that th- those habit stacking techniques really helps out.
0: Interesting. Yeah, you want to build a routine. So you don't have to relearn the good behaviors over and over and over again because it's never going to mm-hmm. work out. The bad, yeah. Yeah, bad, bad behaviors will just slip in there.
1: Yeah, it's, like, it's like my dog. I'm you know, telling him to sit and give him a treat. You know, positive reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: you kind of have to treat yourself like a dog. It's, it's, it is a little rough. We don't, we're, we're vain. We like to think that we're somehow on a completely different level. And a lot of us are trapped in fear and we're in our heads and all the rest.
1: Yeah, if you think about it, the body just wants to feel good. Like the body wants two things. It wants to feel good and it wants to stay alive. Like if you just dial it down to those two things. So if you focus on doing things that make your body feel good, then you're going to want to keep doing it. The body's going to want you to keep doing it. And and that's when the body and brain connection comes in and you start to feel good about it. And you start to build momentum and momentum is the key there like once you have momentum it's hard to stop it it's it's like a a rolling ball you know it's it's if you put a ball down it stays stuck but if you start rolling it it keeps rolling down the hill
0: yeah you got to keep on rolling down the hill Mm -hmm. this is this is fascinating so I, i i'm curious too about your getting back to your family story a little bit yeah and the the move from mexico to the heights of course, the Heights are very famous for um, Puerto Ricans and, and Dominicans. Is there yeah. is there a big uh, Mexican community up here too? At
1: the time, I think there was. I think in the 80s, there was a big, and especially in terms of um, 200th Street and higher and going towards the Bronx, there was a, a lot of Mexicans. And my family had family here, so that's why we moved here. But um, I know the Dominicans started coming in. Like when I was a, a child, it was full of Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, my, mostly Dominicans. Um, and I think it's changing now too, right? It's, it's not too much Spanish now. It's more gentrification coming yeah, in. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, uh, it's a bit of a mix. It's a bit, yeah. a bit of a mix. I think I got to go to Mexico uh, last year. Uh, had a, had a heck of a good time. I couldn't believe how good the food was. Could not, not believe how good the food was.
1: The food's amazing. And like home cooked meals for my mother. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it may not be the healthiest for you, but it's, uh, tastes really good.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. I and mean, of course it's nothing like what middle American grows up with in terms of, and even, even on the coast here, it's not, there's a huge difference when you get down there, just the quality of ingredients and tacos are kind of a religion. And I had no idea how many cities in, in Mexico are named after hot sauces. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I had no idea that, that's a joke it's
0: a joke <laughs> 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 I think it's the other way around but I was that's like All right, I haven't been yeah. to Mexico in about you know
1: 20 years maybe so yeah I'm not sure. I, actually I went to Cancun recently but in terms of their hometown yeah. I haven't been there in such a long time
0: I had a great time in Mexico City Uber makes things a lot easier makes things really possible you can get around and I never felt unsafe yeah we went clubbing pretty cool yeah, yeah, a lot of fun.
1: Lot, I hear a lot of good things about Mexico City, and, and people love going back there for the, um, for the history.
0: Um, the museums are incredible. The, yeah. the anthropology museum there is in just absolutely staggering. Huge. Yeah. 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 Um, Jeff, I assume there's a place where people can find you online too. You want, you want to plug your, uh, your, your stuff?
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm mostly on Facebook. I'm Jeffrey Daza. You can search me there. Um, I, I, have my own website, jeffthausa.com. They want to look me up there. And I also have, um, my free ebook on jeffthausa.com where oh, I talk cool. about, yeah, I talk about the six pillars of high performance, go a little bit more into detail of it, into it. So if they want to read a copy of that, you know, feel free to grab that, uh, Instagram. Um, I, I talk about, I, I, you can find me on Instagram, jeffthausa underscore, where I go a little bit behind the scenes of my day, what I do every day. Sometimes I'll bring a little bit of my clients in there. Um, they speak about their day, um, okay. And yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and my website—I would say—is where I'm mostly more active.
0: Yeah, you know, I will uh, link to these in the show notes, like I do. So yeah, we've had a good first half of the show. Uh, I, I guess let's let's keep talking about these uh, these six pillars and what you're what you're up to now. Now that you've moved out of kind of getting yourself in order to yeah. uh, becoming a father and helping your helping your clients, I, I guess. What's, what's been the biggest challenge in that, in setting up a coaching practice and, and working with people?
1: I would say the biggest challenge would be that um, everyone's story is different. Like, no one has one unique story that I can just build a, build a program off of. So, one of the biggest challenges that I have is understanding behavior, behavior change. Not everybody moves at the same pace. Not everybody will adapt at the same pace. I mean, the, the systems work, but sometimes it's a little bit longer for some people. Like, I've had a client who came to me that... He wanted to, he wanted to lose weight. He had high blood pressure. He was a pre-diabetic. He was always stressed. He was a business owner. And he ended up losing over 25 pounds in eight weeks with the same methods. But then the same methods that I teach another person, it took him six months to do that. So it's, it's, it's really about understanding how motivated people are, where they, where they're at in their journey and their story and how to rewire that to build the story that they want or or how to build the character that they want. And it takes time.
0: It, It says here that you were an accountant.
1: Yeah. I was an accountant for (laughs) eight, nine years. Um, and that right there helped really helped me build, um, just like my, my mental, my mental, mental muscles in terms of understanding the stress, the stress that comes behind it, the stress from the, my environment, my, my colleagues, the the politics from corporate America, I'm pretty sure you know about that. Hmm. Um, that really helped me build my character in terms of who I wanted to be.
0: Interesting. And do you, do you still do any of that work?
1: Yeah, I still do some of that.
0: Sure. Yeah. I build websites.
1: Oh nice. <laughs> k-,
0: to, k to the two dot com. K T O T H E two the numeral two dot com. Yeah. Awesome. We have the uh, the firefighters union here is uh our biggest client. Fantastic. And that's been quite a trip with Corona because when they send out messages and we have to do work on the website, uh, that stuff's pretty um life like earnestly life or death stuff has to get out yeah. and uh yeah, it's actually a real it's a real honor to work uh, work for those folks. When you compare a fairly soft white collar artistic background like mine to mm. what what those folks do, uh, and when you think about what it's like to be an EMT right now, yeah, with all this going on, it's pretty uh, pretty humbling.
1: Those are the real heroes. I mean, those it is heroes. it's
0: a cliche, but it's it, it's it's true. It's just simply true. And, uh, the nature of that work is so, um, demanding. Uh, yeah, I really respect that.
1: I mean, if you think about the mindset of a firefighter, like if I was to tell you run into that burning house, you would probably say, no, I'm not running into that burning house. But if you tell a firefighter that they change their story because they they're wired to go in there, be a hero, save someone's life. And, And that's really what, that's really what the concept of changing your story is all about. And what, who do you want to become?
0: Yeah. When I think about those jobs and the degree of readiness that those folks have to have and, and have to maintain, mm-hmm. uh, it really is impressive.
1: But they go through an intensive, um, I think six month, uh, workshop or training to become a firefighter. Yeah. And some of some people that I know like that went through it said it's, it's harder than being in the army or being in the Navy. It's, 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 it's pretty rough. And my brother-in-law is actually involved in that now. So, so yeah, it's uh it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And they, they have to get their, their, their mindset rewired too to, able to run into flaming flaming houses
0: (laughs) right indeed so what what does a typical client of yours look like is it is it principally weight loss that you're you're helping people with or what else are you what else are you dealing with
1: so I I first started with weight loss because that's something that I I was um, I felt like I had some systems set in place to help people lose weight Um, but it evolved it evolved to other things helping people get better jobs helping people perform better with their relationships um, one of my clients ended up getting the job working for the MLB. Um and just it, it's really just about putting in the, the Putting in the mindset and the pillars in place. That's gonna help you get to that level putting in the systems um, Change mastering your habits and, and, and becoming that different person. So yeah, I do weight loss weight loss um, It's 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 majority of my clients but I've had other ones who some people want to get off their depression pills and some people want to want to change that story So, I help them do that as well. I just, I I help people change their story and perform at a higher level.
0: That depression pills thing seems a little risky, though. Yeah. Because you can't go cold turkey and they need to work with their doctors on on that as well. And you
1: you, you never tell them to get off the depression pills. Right. That's key right there. You never, you never, you never force, you can't force anyone to do anything. You just have to help them understand why they're doing it. So once you do that and you help them see exactly their patterns, help them see exactly how they're performing, how they're doing things, and how it's and how it's um, the result from it, they start to make the connections and they start to change on their own. It's 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 really like like you try to tell a kid to go clean his room or jump in this car, they're gonna say no, right? But if you tell give them a story around it, look, what if what if the floor is filled with lava? Hurry up, get off the floor, get off the floor, jump in the car, they'll do it. You know, you make it fun for them. So making it fun and helping people become a character is really what helps them change their behavior on their own.
0: And that's the only way. The, if they don't build the habit, uh, you know, themselves, it's never going to stick. Never build,
1: build a habit. And also, um, getting the support. I think the support is important. Hmm. And when I first started and I, and I, and I hired my, my life coach, um, he really helped me understand my story and how I had to change that in order to become who I wanted to be in order to become, in order to have that energy I wanted to feel. Cause I, I at that point I was like, really low energy, like I mentioned to you, I was um, having dreams or nightmares of driving my car over a bridge. So, you know, once I changed <clears> that story, you know, I felt, I mean, I've had the best sleep I've ever had in my life right now. And I have this aura ring that tracks all of my sleep data. And it's, right. it's like, you've ever heard of that? Oura no, ring? what is it? Yeah, so it tracks my sleep data, tracks my sleep efficiency, biomarkers, like my heart rate when I'm sleeping. Um, and right now, my heart, my sleep efficiency is like over 90% for like the past month. And it's, it's, it's amazing because I'm waking up feeling really good. And I've, I've, in the past, I've, I've never felt like that. Really. Yeah. That reminds
0: <laughs> me of Bill Burr, who the, the great comedian who mm-hmm. got sober recently. I don't know if he's completely on the wagon forever. He had, he had a kid and it kind of, I think obviously it knocked him into, into shape. And he says on his podcast, which is a great podcast. Uh, he says on his podcast, when you're uh, drunk, when you're drinking your nights are fantastic and your mornings are terrible when you're, when you're not drinking. It's the other way around Those nights can be a little, it's a little rough. There's nothing to take the edge off. You know, you gotta, you gotta build it and you gotta get there. I've been there. I've been in the other place. I'm not going to tell you which place I'm in now, <laughs> but I, I will say, you what know, yeah, I really am looking forward to a little more uh, relaxing pace when I return to St. Paul and having, Again, this gym in the building—what a what a gift to be able to have that. Uh,
1: it's it, that's yeah. part of your environment, right? Your environment makes you and makes or break you. So if you have that near you, then you're going to be exposed to it more often. You're going to see it more often. It's going to get hard to stop walking past it so often and not going in.
0: Every time I take the elevator down to go to a bar or whatever, I'm going to go. I could be going to the gym instead. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be helpful. I'm jazzed. Yeah. I really want to get back on the st- strongest routine. It feels amazing to do a workout like that and to come out of it. And you, you just have that, uh, that pumped feeling, not, not physically, but that mentally, wow, I, you know, I accomplished something. It's kind of a yeah. wonderful feeling.
1: That feeling right there is what's going to keep you going. Like you want you want to feel that way. You want that end result to, for you to always feel that way. So you know that once you go to the gym, you feel that way. So you, you're, you're building those habits together.
0: Yeah. What does a typical session with you look like, right? If somebody's going to start working with you, how does it even begin?
1: Yeah. So we, um, well, it begins with just a coaching application because a lot of times, you know, sometimes people are not the right fit for this program or they're not at the right stage where they need this type of, um, this type of program. My, my program is called smart, smart performance blueprint. And, and I'm honest with them. I I get on the call with them and I understand their story, understand where they are now. And if, and if I can help them, I know I can help them. Then I'll tell them like, if I tell them if it's not the right fit, I just let them know right away. I like to the transparency. So after they end up uh, booking with me, we end up having um, I end up introducing them to uh, give them access to my app where I've uh, it's called a nudge app. And I put together a customized program based on what their goals are. And on a weekly basis, we have these check ins to see if they're, they're meeting these uh, these uh, weekly trackers that we have for them. And then we just make adjustments after that. If something doesn't work, we adjust it. And then we just and then we want to keep good momentum going. And that's that's the key here. Keep good momentum.
0: Are you doing personal training with them too? Or are you going into the gym or running with people or no?
1: No, no, no personal training. Everything's really virtual. Um, they have access to the app 24-7 so for any questions or support. But what I do is I first start with the most important pillar, as I mentioned, is uh, the mindset one. We have to master the mindset, master the, the storytelling that they want to tell themselves on a consistent basis for about two to three weeks until we move to the next pillar, which is nutrition. And then from there, we'll start to... Um, build more healthy habits. We don't, we don't go cold Turkey, but we build healthy habits to make the body feel good. Half of that, the third pillar is movement. And that doesn't mean that they're going to go to the gym all the time. It means that they're going to move their body. I tried to tell them, tried to tell my clients to average at least 7,000 steps a day and your phone tracks your steps too on the health app. So you don't have a Fitbit or anything like that. You can look at it on your phone. And after that, we go into the fourth pillar, which is environment. We want to see exactly how your environment is impacting your 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 performance, your energy, and we make minor adjustments there too. And we bring it all together with the fifth pillar, which is recovery. Um, we want people to get good rest. Um, good rest. One of the things that I do with my clients, I introduce them I introduce them to my nitric breathing. And essentially, what that is is I have um, I, I buy this tape, this um, really well designed tape is on Amazon. I can send you the link for it, but I put it over my mouth and I sleep with it overnight, and that's it. So I'm breathing through my nose all night, and you essentially you
0: put, you put tape over your mouth. Yeah, put okay. tape over my
1: mouth. It's, uh, I've never heard of this. Yeah, never it, heard it's, of it. It's it's. I know it sounds extreme, mm-hmm. but it's uh, the sleep efficiency. The numbers are there, and like my wow. body's recovering really well over it because your your body your your nose is designed to to breathe in. Your mouth is designed to taste and to to speak. Shouldn't be speaking through your mouth. So when you start really breathing through your nose more often, especially overnight, which could be anywhere between six and eight hours, your body really recovers.
0: Hmm. I've heard this about mouth breathing. Obviously, you don't want to do it. Interesting. Yeah. But I, I hadn't really ever thought about it at night. Yeah. How, do what's it. it called again?
1: <laughs> For me, it's nitric breathing. Ah. It's, that's, that's, my, that's my term. I but, see. It's your term. But if you want to look it up, um, just look up mouth taping. You know, you'll see all the medical benefits to it.
0: I have not once in my life, in my nearly 40 years on this earth, have I ever heard of taping my, I'm going to look, I'm going to look this up. I have no idea where this is going to land me online, but I think it's a rabbit hole.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't click the first link.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe go to page two. It's on, it's on,
1: it's on Amazon. The science behind it is amazing. Um, essentially what what you're doing is, um, You're, you're, you're building your, your, your heart to run more efficiently to, to, to build off good oxygen and, and you feel the difference when you wake up. You really do.
0: Hmm. I don't know if I'd be able to tolerate it, but I, I may give it a try. I'm going to do a little bit of research for myself first because that's the kind of guy I am. Yeah. I trust. And
1: And I would tell people to don't, don't try it right away overnight. Try it while you're awake and see how your body adapts to it. Because if you do have an, any underlying medical conditions, if you have um, severe asthma or you have um, some some, so, some medical conditions that you just can't use it, I wouldn't recommend it. But just look at the labeling for sure. For sure.
0: Definitely make for some awkward radio if I did. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> do a podcast? I get you on and I just I tape my mouth shut and I look like Hannibal Lecter here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't work out too well. Yeah, perhaps. it'd
0: be a short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta hit the ball back and forth. <laughs> so did you get through all the pillars? Did you yeah. rattle them off? Say them again.
1: So the first one's mindset the Second one is nutrition. The third one is movement or exercise The fourth one is environment. The fifth one is recovery and rest and the sixth one is habits that brings them all together
0: and Did you conceptualize that? Uh, yourself or is this pulled from somewhere?
1: No, I conceptualized myself. Just oh, based myself like ex- based, ex- based off experience based off what? My understanding of how all this works how to put all this together like if you really want to master your habits if You really want to become superhuman become someone different. You have to master these these pillars in that order And and that doesn't mean that you are going to be hundred percent perfect in each pillar But that means that you're going to be at a level where it's kind of like when you're um, when you want to get your black belt right? You start at one color you, you build off different colors and that's where I really, That's how my program works where I put them through different levels in each pillar and they see it. And when people see it and they see the results and they feel it, that's when they become superhuman.
0: Superhuman. Can I call this episode Superhuman uh, Jeff?
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Not? We'll
0: call it. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I, I Super Jeff is even better. I think we'll call like it Super it. Jeff. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, fun. All right. Well, so this is the Get This podcast. You can get it at getthispodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, all of that nonsense. Jeff, <laughs> tell me a little bit about this running that you did because it sounds like that's really where you started Do you still have a relationship with running because I've I, I've known some runners in my time and yeah they they become obsessed yeah it's an obsession
1: I, I did become obsessed for the first year um, I was running like five miles a day sometimes you know I go up to 12 miles so it became a, it, it was a I would say a, a good obsession because it, it made my body feel good but it was unsustainable in, in a way that it was taking up a lot of my time and at time and en- energy is what I value the most out of everything, because if you don't have energy, you can't do anything with your time with that. So what I decided to do was um, my workouts are only 20 minutes. That's it. I don't, I don't work out for longer than 20 minutes. I do full body workouts. Um, I have a gym in my basement, um, but you can do this at any gym. Basically, um, what you want to do is high intensity workouts here. So you want to jump in from each body part to body part, maybe eight to 10 reps and max it out at 20 minutes. And when you do that consistently, one, you're not putting too much tax on your body, so you can do it again the next day, or you can have a rest day. But the goal here is to to be consistent with the 20 minutes, which is just less than 1% of your day. And when you actually see that and you actually think about, okay, if I do this, I'm gonna feel good the rest of my day. And the other thing is you have to do it in the morning too. When you do this in the morning, the rest of your day you make better decisions. You, you feel good. Your mind is, is running great. Um, and once you get to the nighttime, you're going to fall asleep because you're, you're tired from, from that good morning workout.
0: It is rough when you're not working out and you've got a series of bad habits and your life is full of stress and you've gone down this bad path. Then you hit the pillow and you can't sleep and it just becomes absolute torture. Insomnia is is absolutely the worst. I used to have some of that and I was able to to kick it with some some tricks and things and Initially when I started it was just very very long walks twice a day and that that completely knocked me out Yeah, Yeah, yes, yeah,
1: I used to have a hard time sleeping too and and now I sleep within like five to six minutes I just knock out and I have good good sleep. I don't I don't wake up. I don't wake up to, to like my body doesn't wake up all night I sleep like five, six hours and I have great sleep efficiency and I, and I feel amazing when I wake up. Um, so these routines is what helped me get there. Like someone can't just start doing it right away because it's, it's it's impossible to change a habit like that. You know, the way habits are formed. Have you ever heard of Hebb's Law and the Quantum Zeno Effect? Uh, no. Go on. Yeah. So Hebb's Law and the Quantum Xeno Effect basic, basically says that neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more that I see a cookie and I grab that cookie, the harder it is to break that habit. So if you want to build good habits, it needs to start, but it needs to be consistent. It needs to be consistent over three to four months. This is a three to four month process that I, I take my clients through. Um, but after that, you have enough momentum, you have enough energy that you, when you keep them for the long run and you keep it simple, you're going to feel really good for the long run.
0: Awesome. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Super Jeff. Uh, tell people <laughs> where, they, where, they can, where they can find you.
1: Yeah, they can find me on my website, jeffdazza.com. I'm really active on Facebook posting a lot of content, short yep. stories. I, I, like to, um, I like to be creative too, like, like you, and I like to, to sell these short stories. So if you're, you're interested in that, you can look into that. Instagram, if they want to see my behind the story, my, um, my behind what I do in the day, uh, I'm pretty active there as well.
0: Great. What's the Instagram handle one more time?
1: Jeff Daza underscore.
0: Okay. Jeff Daza underscore. All right. Mm-hmm. One last question for the episode. If you had to tell Jeff – four years ago, the Jeff of four years ago from now, one thing, what would you tell him?
1: That's a good question. Um, I would say that just be aware that everything's happening for you, not to you. And just be aware that everything happens for a reason. Like the universe makes no mistakes.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. I hope you come on again. Yeah, uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah.
1: Happy to come on. If you if you want to have me, um.
0: uh, yeah, maybe we'll do it again sometime soon. <laughs> again, this is the Get This Podcast, get dot I'm Kevin Couchman. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Thank
1: you for having me come.
0: Peace.